Glad that we all survived the storm safely. Let us remember the words of Psalm 118, 22-24. The same stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. On this day the Lord is active. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Everyone who believes in Him... I'm going to expand to some on the reading from Acts, the New Testament reading for today from the lectionary. Reading verses from chapter 10, verses 34 to 43 from the ESV. Subtitle for this section is, The Gentiles Hear the Good News. And I, for one, am happy about that. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. Of him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. That's good news. That's the uh, that's the sermon, or that's the the summary of it. I'm sure there was much more than Peter preached for the first time to men who were not Jews, who were not Hebrew, at Cornelius's house in response to the vision that God had given him. And his point. Well, he had a lot of points, I'm sure, but in this in this message, he he started out by proclaiming the gospel is all-inclusive. God does not show partiality to any man. In Ephesians 6, chapter, chapter 6, verse 9, we read, Knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven, and, it, and there is no partiality with him. And once again, in 1 Peter 1, 9, if you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each man's work, conduct yourselves in fear during your time of your stay upon earth. And it goes on to talk about how we were redeemed, not with the blood of a lamb, but with the precious blood of the Lamb of God. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Anyone who fears him and does what is right is welcome to become a servant in the kingdom of God, but also a joint heir with Christ. So you may wonder, well, what does that mean? What is right? 
What is the right thing that has to be done? Well, I believe the answer is in this passage is to believe in Him. To believe in Him as the Savior of, the, of, the, of our life, of our, of our being. The Savior of the world. And to receive forgiveness of sins in His name. He talks about the, uh, the Christ dying on the cross. And we know that the men with authority at that time, those who had been empowered by the emperor Caesar Augustus through Herod, the king of Judea, who was the superpower of that age, and together with the council of elders of the Hebrew people, which consisted of both the chief priests and scribes, they're the ones that had Jesus crucified. But God raised him up on the third day. He is not dead. He's alive, and that's why we celebrate every Sunday, the resurrection. We believe in the resurrection. It's so clearly portrayed here in this short summary of the narrative of Christ, the plan of God that the action of men on one hand that crucified God and the action of God on the other hand that raised him up from the dead. Evidence of his divinity. During Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost, Peter said in Acts 4.22, Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. This man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Gives us a little more insight into what happened. Jesus was crucified by the actions of men who were filled with fear, filled with the need to control, fear of change, fear of, of uh of losing their status and then losing <clears throat> the privileges that came about because of their status and their authority. And uh, they had heard, I'm sure they had heard what he had preached and that he was turning everything upside down. He was declaring that uh, all men are equal in the eyes of God. Salvation is available to any who would believe. And they they put him to death but God raised him up putting an end to the agony of death when John was baptized by John the Baptist as we read in the gospel reading God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power <clears throat> this was uh, prophesied in the Old Testament reading chapter 42 from the prophet Isaiah Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. 
A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth. Notice the verb tenses in this phrase, in these phrases. I have put my spirit upon him, and then he will bring forth justice to the nations. We have the witness of all four of the Gospels, of the baptism of Jesus and of the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove. Nevertheless, we're still waiting on the fulfillment of the bringing forth of justice to the nations. But we look forward in faith to the day when that happens. The really good news, the really good news is the kindness and the goodness of Jesus that was even prophesied by Isaiah in this passage. That Jesus would be gentle and kind. It says, it uses the word imagery of a bruised reed. The image of a stalk of wheat that has been bent or crushed and has therefore become useless to be used as straw for weaving into a basket or other useful purposes. Yet our Lord and Savior does not view us because of our usefulness. He values us because we're created in His image. We are His children and He loves us so much. He gave up His throne for a time and became a man forever in order to reconcile us to God. He goes on to say, A faintly burning wick He will not extinguish. No, when a wick, if, again, a word image of a man's or woman's life, if that wick is weakly burning, faintly burning, about to go out, he will trim it. He will add oil to the lamp. He will do whatever has to be done to restore the wick so it shines forth as bright as before, maybe even more so. He intends for every one of his creatures and for creation to fulfill its purpose within the kingdom of God, and he will see that it does. Even when we feel it is hopeless, that too much has been lost, that too much damage has been done. In Him we can have hope. We can hope in His goodness, in His power, in His authority, and in His love for us. Hope that even godless men and women can be born anew, can start all over again, and live a life that is exceedingly abundantly more than they could have ever conceived of before. Such were some of us. We were all separated from God. Colossians 1, 21 to 23 in the New Living Translation says, This includes you who were once far away from God. You were His enemies, separated from Him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now He has reconciled you to Himself through the death of Christ in His physical body as a result, He has brought you into His own presence. You are holy and blameless as you stand before Him without a single fault. You should put that on your refrigerator. You are holy and blameless as you stand before Him without a single fault. 
But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world. And I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Wow. We who were once separated from God, God, far away from him because of our evil thoughts and actions have been reconciled to him through the death of Christ in his physical body. But because he died, he's reconciled us to God and brought us into his very presence, holy and blameless. And that's the good news that we need to share and preach all over the world. Here's what matters to us today, I believe. Jesus sees us in our brokenness and in our sin. But he does not cast out the weak and the bruised, the ones who are poor in spirit, who do not have much interest or knowledge in spiritual things. He does not judge a person by their success here in this life or their religiosity. He's as concerned for the, both the abused and the abuser, the prostitute and the john, the addict and the dealer. They're all valuable in his sight because he sees them just as the perfect Father in heaven sees them. As his children, his creation for whom he created and has a desire for each one to live with him through eternity. He pursues each one and he never gives up pursuing. He is patient. He is caring and knows just when the time is right for the Spirit to speak. To bring the light and the truth and the hope into the darkness and gloom. Regardless of how deep in the cavern of evil or darkness one may be trapped, whether by sinful behavior or through the life of the draining effect of constant depression and anxiety, no one is ever out of the reach of being rescued by the one who loves us more than we can ever understand. Always remember this. He has brought you into his own presence. And through the death of Christ in his physical body, he has reconciled you to himself. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. I hadn't planned to say this, but it just occurred to me that one of the reasons that I think it's necessary that we have the body on the crucifix is that we never forget it was through his, the death of his physical body. We know he's raised again. We know he's not on the cross anymore. But it was, was through the death, the tortured and horrible death that he died in a physical body that we have been reconciled. In the parable of the prodigal son, the son comes to his senses. He wakes up. He realizes his mistakes and he turns to go toward home. But in many other stories, for instance, in the story of Hosea and Gomer, the adulterous wife, Homer bought her back at the slave auction out of a forgiving and redeeming heart. 
he took the initiative. We never know how God will write the plot of our rescue. Often he does it through the influence of truth spoken by those he has sent to intersect our path of destruction. At just the right time, when our hearts are ready, we discover the good news. We hear that truth that is able to pick us up and turn us around and place our feet on solid ground like the song sings in praise to our lover, our rescuer, and our redeemer. Other times, God just shows up in some miraculous way to save our life or to break the chains and set us free by the power of the Holy Spirit miraculously at work in our hearts and our lives and our minds. Regardless of how it happens, when that happens, when God lifts that dark cloud that has kept us feeling isolated and distant from God and everyone else, and as if we're living in a fog, it is like stepping out of a cold, dark, dank room into the warmth and sunshine of a spring day. And we're filled with hope and assurance that we are indeed lovable and loved. And we have a future that is worth living for, worth fighting for if necessary. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him up on the third day so that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Amen. Mm -hmm. Let's stand together and proclaim our common faith in the Nicene Creed.